Sears Club. Yes. Great. I'm at the mall two blocks from where you are. I saw a beautiful new coat. It's absolutely gorgeous. Can I buy it? What's the price? Only $1,500. Well, okay, go ahead and get it if you like it. If you like it that much. Oh, I also stopped by the Mercedes dealership and saw a 2000 uh, model, and I saw one I really liked. I spoke with the salesman, and he gave me a really good price. And since we need to exchange the BMW that we bought last year, what price did he quote you, Gary? $60,000. Okay, but for the price, I want it with the option. Great, before we hang up, something else. What? It might look like a lot, but I was reconciling your bank account, and I stopped by the real estate agent this morning, and I saw the house we looked at last year. It's on sale. Remember the one with the two English garden acres of park area, beachfront property? How much are they asking? Only $450,000. A magnificent price, and I see that we have, we have that much in the bank to pay. Well, then go ahead and buy it, because it's good $420,000. Okay? Okay. Okay, sweetie. Thanks. I'll see you later. I love you. Bye. I do, too. The man hangs up, closes the phone flat, raises his hand while holding the phone and asks to those that are present. Does anybody know whose phone this is?
about you that when you lay down in your bed at night, um, that you're overwhelmed with a sense of His presence? Is, is He real to you? And, so you can, and when you go through things, because Jesus told us that in this world we're going to have trouble, and even Job tells us a man's born of a woman, and in a few days he's going to trouble. So when you're having trouble in your life, if you expect that, just because you become a Christian, that doesn't mean you won't have trouble. And because there's, there's troubles and things happen in your life, how do you address that? Do you, is the first thing that comes into your mind, I must tell Jesus, is that it? Are you satisfied? As a result of that, I mean, wherever you are, I really believe that with all my heart and soul, if we as a congregation, if we as God's people, if we don't learn how to listen to the voice of God, we're not going to be able to stand. I wish I could tell you that I really, and I do, I believe with all my heart, Second Chronicles seven fourteen, that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek their face, seek his face, then and seek my face, then I will then seek you and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and I'll heal their land. And I wish I could tell you that, man, I really believe that's going to happen. And I I hear uh, other preachers talking about revival bringing about revival. And, and I, this past week, I told in that prayer meeting, you know, every revival that ever started, started by one or two people. The great Herbertine's revival started by two ladies, one 83, 84 years old, one was blind. The Wales revival started by one young man that just got so obsessed with the presence of God that he just spent time and time alone with him until the fire cut. Locally, the, the Asbury revival that happened back in the 1970s uh, happened because of one little girl that had a, had a she took note cards. And I wish people here would do take note cards. And on those note cards, she wrote down every student's name and every professor's name. And they said everywhere we would go, we would see her sitting there going through those cards. She's praying over those cards. She's praying over them. Praying over them. And other people caught hold of that, and the revival broke out. One or two people, revival something there. And I, so I really believe that's going to happen. I wish I could tell you that I believe we're going to experience a revival in this country that is really going to turn this country around, but I'm going to tell you what I really believe. I don't believe that's going to happen. What I do believe is going to happen, I believe that you and I, as God's children, as His Christians, are we're going to, the, the degree of persecution is going to rise to a greater height. And if you're not ready, and if you don't know how to listen to what the voice of God is saying to you, and you're going to have problems. And I, that's what I want to say. I, I, in the next three weeks, I want to just talk to you about drawing closer, drawing nigh to Him. Getting closer to Jesus. Knowing that He walks with you. And so when you came to Christ, yes, I know that we all wanted, when we first came to Christ, we all wanted our sins forgiven. And we wanted to know that we had a place in heaven. I understand all that. But did you also want the life that Jesus promised? Did you want that? Because Christ's intention was not to have to heaven by and by. He wanted that life now. He wanted that rest in you now. How many people do you know that are resting? He wanted the power of the Holy Spirit to so live in your life that you would overcome this world. In fact, the Bible says that which is born of God overcomes the world. How many people do you know are overcoming? 
I'm just simply saying what we need as you lead your family. You men in here as you lead your family. Are you hearing the voice of God? And are you hearing in such a way that it's distinctive enough that you recognize when God is speaking to you? The Bible tells me over in the book of Ephesians that when we come to Christ, He talks about putting on and putting off. He says this in 421, Indeed, if you have heard Him and have been taught by Him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which throws corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that you put on the new man which is created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. In other words, he's saying that the Christian walk is putting off the old man and putting on a new man. I've used this illustration before, but I'll use it. Really, I believe it again because I really believe that it epitomizes who you are in Christ, that you, you have lived in a home for over 25 years. And every day you get off work and you drive up to a stoplight and you turn right and you go down four many blocks, four blocks, you turn left, you go down two blocks, turn in, and there's your driveway. You turn, you've been doing that for 25 years, but all of a sudden you buy a home on the other side of town. Now you come up to the same stoplight rather than going right, you turn left, you go down so many blocks, four or five blocks, and you turn right now, go down so many blocks, and you turn in, there's your driveway. One day you get off work, well, without thinking, without thinking, you turn, you, you come up to that same stoplight, and you turn right. Turn right, and you go down so many blocks, you turn left, you turn, and you turn and drive. And all of a sudden, when you pull in that driveway, and here's the thing I want you to realize, you say, wait a minute, I'm at the wrong address. Why? I don't live here anymore. That's what I want you to realize. That if you come to Christ, the Bible says, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. You don't live there anymore. So when temptation comes, you say, Lord, I don't, I don't live there anymore. When temptation comes to the place that you give in to it, you go to the Lord and say, Lord, I forgive me. I forgot. I don't live there anymore. And so he talks to you here about putting on and putting off. And he says that when you come to Christ, you put off the old man. You, put off, you move address. So over in the book of Colossians, it tells me in, in, in verses 5 through 17, I'm not going to read all these, but it says in Colossians chapter uh, chapter 3, he describes what it means to live the Christian life. So Paul lists those things we are to put off of those things are you to put on as a Christian. In verse 5, he says, Therefore put to death your members which are on. What is members? That's your arms, your eyes, your legs, your feet, those things. Put to death your members uh, which are on earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desires, covenants, which is... Uh, which is idolatry. Put to death those members. He gives a list. And he says, because of that, because of these things, verse 6, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. See, we, what the problem is in our country right now, we don't really believe in, in, in really that there's a day of judgment. We don't believe that God's going to have to, we're going to have to stand in front of God one of these days and give an answer for how we live our life. And if you have never come to Jesus, you're going to stand there naked as you can be and have to give every answer for every dot, every tittle in your life. If you come to Jesus, that's all gone. He separated you from all that. And so verse 6, he says, that's the wrath to come. In verse 7, he says, you used to walk this way in which you were yourself once walked when you lived in him, when you lived 
in that old address you used to walk away, but you don't live there anymore. And then he gives you this list in verse 8 and 9. He gives you a list of the things that you put off. This is what he said. But now yourself are to put off these things. Anger, wrath, malice, blaspheme, filthy language out of your mouth. Verse 9, do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with these deeds. And then he says also finally in verse 10, that and has put on the new man who is renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him who created you. Now, in verse 12 through 16, he tells you what to put on. What does he tell you to put on? He tells you, therefore, the elect of God, the uh, holy and beloved, put on tender mercy, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of the perfection. Verse 15. And let, listen to this, let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called to one body, and be thankful. Verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in songs and hymns and spiritual songs and singing and the grace of your hearts to the Lord. So let me ask you a question. Here's a question. Are you soaring today? Are you soaring today? I mean, are you just flying? Are you soaring today? Does the Word of God dwell in you richly? Jesus said to us that we're about to live by... by he says that we're not to live by the things of the world, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth, by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Are you consumed with the Word of God? Are you able to facilitate the Word of God in your day, uh, your day-by-day uh, problems that you face day-by-day? Do you meet problems as an overcomer? And do you realize the power that you have in Jesus to face difficulties? In other words, here's what I'm asking you. Do you soar? Do you soar? But are you like this guy? And I'm afraid there's a lot of guys that are just like this. What does that guy represent? He represents somebody that's mature in the world, but by the same token, you're immature when it comes to the things of God. That's what he represents. I got this picture in my office. A lot of people think it's in my building. Yeah. Is it time? Listen, here's my question to you. This is what the Lord's laying on. Is it time to grow up? Is it time for you to grow up? First Corinthians 13, 11. I was, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Is it time to put away childish things? Is it time to start looking at life in a different view of what Christ wants you to look at? The writer of Hebrews writes to Christians that are on the milk, not the meat of the Word. And listen to what he says over in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12. He says, For though at this time you ought to be teaching, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. Now, what is milk? Milk is something that goes through the regurgitation system of somebody else. Your 
so depends. Rather than getting alone with the Bible and praying and saying, God, what does this mean? Or, God, I've got this problem. Show me what I need to do here. Or you've got to go to somebody else. You've got to have confidence in someone else rather that you're still on the mill. And so he goes on to say in verse 13, So though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles and oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and solid food. Verse 13, For everyone who partakes partakes only in milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he's a faith. Why? So he tells us today we're in the most illiterate, spiritual, illiterate time in history. People do not know this book. But solid food belongs to those who are parades. That those who, by reason of use of their senses, exercise to discern both good and evil. How do you know? Listen, we got people out there telling us every day things that you know your mom and dad taught you years ago that are wrong. You know they're wrong. And they're telling you that's good. And the very things that we think that are good, we're being told that those things are wrong. Well, listen to what it says. By coming to the place of the Word of God, that you that those things through the reason of verse 14, use their senses exercise to discern both good and evil. You know, so the writer of Hebrews writes to Christians and he says, if you're on milk, then he says this over in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. He says, therefore, leaving the discussion of elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and faith towards God. Let's leave those things behind and let's get, let's grow up. Let's go on. Let's move. Let's realize where we live at now. Let's go on to greater things. Let's not let the things of this world drag us down. That's what he's saying. Let me ask you this question. you feel a lack of power in your life? you feel a lack of strength to overcome something? Are you just tired and worn out? So you're not soaring? You're either hanging out with the buzzards, nosing around with the chickens on the ground, got your nose in the ground. God did not create you that way. God created you to serve. He created everybody in you. You say, well, you may be talking. I know I'm talking to you. God created you to serve. Here's the question. Do you want to change? Do you want to soar? Do you want your life to be different? Listen to what it says over in the book of Isaiah, chapter 40, 28. Have you not known? Listen, this is what God said. He's speaking to us like we've never heard. Have you not known? Have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor weary? His understanding is uncertain. He never gets food and tired. You're trusting. His, he gives power to the weak. Are you weak? He's a good Lord. have a big dose of power. Uh, he gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases their strength. You have enough strength to make it through the day on your job or whatever. Listen to what it says. And he, young men shall, he says, he gives, he, he gives, the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. And then he goes on to say this in 31. But those listening to this guy, this is a word for us in the day and time which we live in. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. In other words, they're going to soar. The person who is absolutely totally turn everything over to him and trust him, guess what? They're going to soar. Rather than pecking around on the ground like a bunch of chickens, the Lord created you to soar like an eagle. You ever watch an eagle? You ever watch an eagle who sits on a, on a hill or on a perch or what? 
wherever it is. He, he sits there, and as he does that, he, he, he rarely flaps his wings. You don't see an eagle doing this for a minute. such a way that they sit on that cliff and they instinctively wait until they feel the wind current change. And when they do, they lift off and the wind carries them higher and higher and higher. And that's what God, the Holy Spirit, wants to do with you. He wants to lift you up. He wants to lift you above all the things that you worry about. He wants to lift you up above all the problems and things of this life. He wants you to lift you up when you think that you don't have a future. He wants to lift you up into the decision-making you have. He's wanting to do that. Never forget, 1995, I received my pilot's license. The said that it's just to check on giving, but he gave me a Do I hear an audible voice? No, I don't hear an audible voice. 
thing to immediately get up off your duff and get in there and do what I've told you to do. I know when he's saying that to me. I know when he's saying to me, you need to go to that person and talk to them. You need to go to that person and ask them to forgive you. You need to, I know when he's saying those things to me. It's just, it's just like, it's just like a loud speaker. I know when God is speaking to me. But listen to what it says over in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. Uh, God at various times and various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets. So what's that thing? Old Testament, Old Testament, Old Covenant. How did God speak? He spoke to the prophets. The prophets were the ones that from God that spoke to the people from God. The, the, the priests were the ones that represented the people back to God. But the prophets, God spoke to the prophets. Isaiah, Ezekiel, those guys, Jeremiah, those people. But then go on to verse 2. Has in these last days, the days that you and I are living, how's God speaking? In these last days, He's spoken to us by His Son. How's God speak to you? Through His Son. He's going to speak to you, Son, uh, by whom He has appointed heir in all things through whom He also made world. So how's God going to speak? He's going to speak through Jesus. Now, how's He going to do that? Let me tell you, go to verse 3. And be in the brightness of His glory, His express image of His person, and uh, look at this, upholding all things by the word of His power, when He had Himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the God. How's God going to speak to you? He's going to speak to you through His word. Listen, I've gone along sometimes when I've got some problems and things, and I've gone to the Lord, and I've asked Him to help me with things. And I'm telling you, I read, and I've read, and I've read, and I've read. And what I'm reading, I read the Logos, and Logos, and Logos, and Word, Word, Word. And all of a sudden, I'll read a verse, and Lord God will take that verse, and He'll stick it right in my face, and He'll say, this is from you. And I know it's from Him. You need to discern that. And so, thus, I need to know how I am made up as a good person. I need to know the difference between soul, spirit, or spirit, excuse me, Spirit, soul, and body. Because they're different. You're, you're a different person. This is what I'm trying to get you to see. And once you start to grasp and understand the difference between your soul and your spirit, it will have a huge impact on your spiritual growth. So what does the Bible say about spirit, soul, and body? The Bible is clear. There's a huge difference between your soul and your spirit, and I need to know what that is. Because look what it says over in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. And this is why, with that, once I realize I'm, I'm walking in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is inside me. The Bible says, if I walk in the Spirit, I won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Uh, Ephesians 5, 18 says, be not drunk with wine or excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Once I'm walking in the Spirit, and the Spirit is in control of me, as a result of that, listen to what it says over in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. It, now, I, now I need the Word of God in my life, because listen to what it says. For the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Why is it sharper than any two-edged sword? Watch this, two-edged sword. Piercing even to what? It's going to divide something. What is going to divide? The division of soul and spirit. So in other words, God is going to take the Word, and He's going to show you the difference between your soul, what your soul is saying to you, and what the Spirit of the living God inside you is going to be saying. And the joints of marrow. What's the joints of marrow? That's your body. The more I'm in this Word, the more I'm going to be able to ascertain what God is saying to me through the Holy Spirit and through the Word of God. He'll divide it and He'll show it to me. And, and listen to this. And is a discerner, the Word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. I mean, you know, when we, 
when we first started this church, and God began to start laying that, that thought in my mind, the first thing I thought it was was just ego thing. Oh, it's just ego. That's just me. Then I began to think it was the pizza I ate the night before. But when God has given you a thought, and you just keep, and it won't go away, and just keep resurrecting and resurrecting and resurrecting, then that's time that you need to pay attention to it as to what God is saying to you in that. And finally, after so long, and just going through and battling this thing, battling this thing, I went to Cricket and told her, and she looked at me cross-eyed. And she said, I don't know how we're going to do something like that. I said, I don't know, I understand that one. But later on, God worked everything out, and, and He did it in that way. But I'm just simply saying, this is how the Lord works. You know? Thus, I need to know how I'm made up because they're different. And once you start to grasp this, uh, understand the difference between your soul and your spirit, it's going to make a huge impact. So what does the Bible say about spirit, soul, and body? The Bible is very clear. There's a huge difference between your soul, your spirit, and you need to know this. So the Word of God cuts right between soul and spirit, what we see. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, look at it. How may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved. And, and everybody that quotes this and quotes it, body, soul, and spirit, that's not what it says. Spirit, soul, and body. Why is it spirit, soul, and body? Because the main thing is you live a life spirit. And when you die one of these days, what happens to you? Your body does what? It goes where? In the grave, waiting for the resurrection of Jesus. But your spirit and your soul go straight to be with Jesus. That's why the Bible says over 1 Corinthians 6, to be absent in this body is to be present in the Lord. I go to the Lord. Now, I really believe uh, that when I get there, God's going to give me some type of temporary body until I get that new fangled body that Jesus is going to give me like His, that I can go through walls and go to Mars and do all that other kind of stuff that I can do when I, when I get that, you know. But I don't get that until the resurrection, the rapture takes place, and then that's when we're all, in the twinkling of an eye, we'll all be changed. But your spirit, soul, and body. Now, you need to understand something here, that your spirit only becomes alive the moment when you're spiritually reborn. So a person who has never come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, I don't understand this in some way. Either their spirit is dormant or it's dead inside you. Ephesians says that we're dead in our trespasses and sins. Your spirit is not in contact. It's not working. And so you, the only way it can happen is when you come to Jesus. It's interesting that God is, 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 is three, the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And God does things in three. And, and we're created in the image of God. And so what are we? We're spirit, soul, and body. The spirit is in the Greek is called pneuma. The Bible describes this as our inner man in 2 Corinthians 4.16. Inner man. And it's sort of like a target. Here's what we got. You got, here's how you're made up. When you come to Christ and your spirit comes alive, here's your inner man in the middle. After your inner man, on top of that, right now, I can't even read that far from here. I kind of can't see. The outer man is here. What is that? That's your soul. And then your outermost man is on the outside. What is that? That's your body. So your spirit is in the middle. Your, your outer man, which is your soul, is there, and then the other. Now, watch this. So, so as we do that, so the soul is called the psyche, which is the Bible calls our outer man. The body, soma, the Bible describes this as our outermost man. So the body, look in the mirror at what you see. How do you interact with the world? You know, I wish I looked in the I wish I could, you know. And, and so you look in the mirror and you see yourself for who you really are. 
I'd like to see I got more hay. But it's going away quickly. I don't know what's going on there. But, you know, and I try all these different types of shampoos, you know, that guarantee you they're going to make you sick. It's sick, all right? I have to peel that stuff off because it doesn't help my hair or whatever anyway. But, uh, so, so, so the body, when you look at it, so five physical senses, which is your outermost man. What is it? Smell, taste, touch, hearing, sight. Those are your five senses. Your body also wants physical desires, food, shelter, uh, sex, water, clothing, oxygen, sleep, activity, temperature, regulation. But your soul or your psyche, this is the part where people want to communicate with you. And it consists of this. It consists of yourself, your identity, your personality, your character, your emotions, your feelings, your passion, your intellect, your mind, your thoughts, your will, and your consciousness, and your and your uh, right and your sense of, of, of uh, right right and wrong, but it is also the place where evil dwells. Your sinful nature and evil spirit. Romans 7, Paul says, within my flesh, within me, there dwelleth no good thing. So when someone hits you or pokes you, you feel, you feel, you feel physical pain because of your body. When somebody uses abusive words, you feel the pain in your soul. Now from the moment you're born, you operate through these two, body and soul.
also remember that the church is the home of the Holy Spirit that comes and lives inside you. Remember this also happens the moment God justifies you. The moment you become a reborn Christian. So remember, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit of God. He says, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? If my nose is dirty, 
go up to the mirror and grab a hold of the door and put my nose on the mirror and rub it like this and try to get the dirt off my mirror. I agree with that. Because that's not the purpose of the law. The mirror is to show me this is the purpose of the law, to show me where my shortcomings are, and then I come by the Holy Spirit and by the Lord and I give it to Him. If you style your hair in the morning, you may feel it looks good or okay, but it doesn't. But you can't trust your feelings. You have to go and look in the mirror. And then you always see something that isn't good. You know? Maybe if you don't, you're going to go out and you're terrible at what you're saying that's so good. So you must the mirror over your own feelings. And in the same way, you need to trust God to work the truth in yourself. Show you the truth of God and the 